So whatever story we tell ourselves and whatever invisible timeline we have to measure our barometer of success, I'm like, oh, no, 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 here's a dose of reality. You gotta show up until you blow up. And you cannot stop until you get to that point, understanding that how you get customers is in equal proportion to how much you are serving and creating content that they find helpful. Welcome to CEO School. We're your hosts, Sanira Madani and Shannon Monson. And we believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue. And we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who have made it to the 2% club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so that you can do it too. You're a real business now. Class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. Hi, everyone. Welcome to CEO School, the podcast. We're so excited for today's episode because we are going to be doing our first ever live podcast recording with none other than Jasmine Starr. I am so excited to welcome Jasmine today. We are here live in a room full of ambitious, powerful women that get to be in the room with us as this conversation is taking place and being recorded. I am so thrilled to invite Jasmine to the show for so many reasons. One, if you don't know Jasmine, you are 100% living under a rock and don't have an Instagram account. Like Jasmine is the social media queen. She is an entrepreneur who has built such a successful business, a seven-figure business and beyond, and has helped thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs start and scale their journey. Jasmine was a law school college dropout who decided to pursue her passions as a photographer and her passion in photography led her down this beautiful entrepreneurial journey that she's had that we get to learn from and then shifting from not only doing it for herself, utilizing social media and the power that it had to really grow her personal brand. She became the top 10 wedding photographer in the world in the world. And from there, she decided to share how she utilized social media and the power to go inspire, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs to start their journey. I remember when I first started my journey as an entrepreneur, I would actually show up to Jasmine's Instagram live. She would always wear, I always remember Jasmine in a really cool hat and she would show up wherever she was and she would answer questions. I'd never seen anything like this. Like I'd never seen anybody just answering questions. So this really just takes me back to my entrepreneurial journey. So it's, it's just such an honor today. And then through the years, Jasmine has just become an incredible friend and just a peer, a mentor in this space. And so without further ado, I could sit here and introduce Jasmine to you for the next 40 minutes, but I'll let her introduce herself at this point. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And I actually don't have to do any introduction of myself other than saying that I'm here to serve the audience and serve very, very well. So as we go into Q&A, I think that that's like my favorite thing because it keeps us on our toes. And I always believe that when I answer in real time, the truth comes from like the inner part of my soul and source. So I'm excited for your questions and I'm excited for audience questions too. Yeah, no, this is going to be so great. Jasmine, uh, why don't we kick us off by just tell us a little bit about your background, your story, how it all began. 
The shortest version is that I dropped out of law school in 2005 when my mom had a relapse with brain cancer. And I realized that in retrospect, I was having a midlife crisis. My mom was 50 years old and I was 25. And I thought to myself, if I die when I'm 50, I don't want to die a lawyer. It was something that I did. I'm a daughter of an immigrant. I'm a first generation Latina. And I just felt like going the path of higher education is how you get your family out of the hood. And I thought that money did that. But the thing that I realized looking back is that money is just a sign. And if you're not happy with where you are with or without money, you're never going to be happy when you actually get to the thing that you ultimately want. So I was forced, forced to reconcile what does it actually look like to look at death in the face. And I dropped out of law school because I said I wanted to be with my mom. I just wanted to be with her in her final days. I have to say the point of the story is that my mom is still here with us. She is against the odds survivor of eight year battle with cancer. And I think that she has become like my compass, my true North in teaching me what it means to live a life on purpose. And I think that that was a pivot point in my life. And I decided that life was too short. My husband, my brand new husband, I got married like in three months, like 2005 was the biggest hot mess, biggest blessing of a year. I got married to my best friend and I decided to start a business. And I said, if the business doesn't work, I will go back to UCLA law school on a full ride scholarship and finish my education. And lucky for me, it didn't work. I mean, it worked. I didn't have to go back. And I started my business in 2007. And by 2009, I was voted one of the top photographers in the world. And by 2011, most socially influential photographers. And what happened as an iteration of my journeys, I started teaching people what I was learning. So I want to be very clear and make it ultra transparent. I was a terrible photographer. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was sharing what I was learning along the way. And I actually like Sanira, I'm actually not being funny. Like I have an old blog with my old photos as a testament to be like, whoa, if that person can do something creative and be successful, and the crazy irony of it is like when I started out as a photographer, my first year of business, I was able to make over $100,000. This is for somebody who didn't have education, connections, wherewithal on what to do. I was using this cheap little camera. And then what I started realizing is the foundation of any good business is learning how to communicate, service, and support your customers. Your customers are going to be the driving force of everything you wanted to do. So people saw, hey, there's this girl who was pretty mediocre running a six and seven figure business. I started teaching other photographers how to build their business. And then was later led into consulting business owners, how to build their business. And since then have become the CEO of social curator, where I empower business owners to build a brand and market it on social media. I just, oh, and I'm just like, my mouth is dropped. I know like the chat bot is blowing up here. I didn't realize so many parts of your story. I've heard it so many times before, but I really appreciate the super fast a sped up version, but the version that is truly, I just, I just saw your entire life kind of like flash before my eyes with what was taking place. And sometimes, I mean, just, just like the thought of losing a parent. I mean, I lost my dad this last year and a lot has changed for me. Like it is, it's unfortunate that it takes major life events. We should actually check in with ourselves about that. Like, why does it have to take a major life event? And I think the pandemic kind of did that in, in a, in a way for many, many people and truly trying to realize like what's important. What are their passions? What kind of life do they really want to live? And so I'm so happy to hear that your mom is a survivor and she's thriving. And that just makes my heart happy. That is just such an incredible story. And then you kind of, you know, when you talked about you being a mediocre uh, photographer, okay, I believe you. I, I, would, I was going to say like, I, I don't believe you, but I believe you. I think there's such a power in sharing the journey and sharing that you're still learning that 
um, perfection, it's progress, not perfection. Can you talk us through a little bit about how you started sharing, like where did social media come into play at this point? So when was it and how did you start sharing that journey? So one thing, thank you for bringing out the point is like, I didn't, I don't want to revel. I don't want to sit under the banner of mediocrity being like, see, mediocre wins the game. It doesn't. But what I was saying, I think as a point of differentiation is that we all start off somewhere. Every professional was at once an amateur. So in mediocrity is where a lot of people feel and dwell in fear. And then they decide because I am not as good as I want, I will quit. I won't push forward. And then there will always be somebody who has more, does more, is better looking, is cooler, is richer, is more privileged, whatever those stories that you want to tell yourself, that is where most people quit. And I am just here as a testament that mediocrity plus perseverance, plus education, plus chutzpah, plus grit, and plus undauntedness is the thing that actually transforms a business. It has less to do with skill and more to do with the power of consistency. And the thing I learned over the years is that everything that I wanted was on the other side of being consistent. So yes, I did become a much better photographer. I'm very proud of the progress of it, but I'm more proud that I didn't quit when I was actually very terrible. And what I learned in those early iterations are things that I was able to apply to every pivot in my life and business is that I will always start off as being pretty awful and mediocre. And as long as we're willing to get punched in the gut and have our teeth knocked out and then stand up again to fight another day for the thing that you actually want, that's how we're going to move the needle. So where does social media, that was kind of like a little bit of a caveat before I actually got to the question. Oh no, keep preaching okay. girl, because this okay. is exactly what... This is exactly why CEO school exists. It's for exactly that. It didn't happen overnight. It takes you getting punched in the gut. You're not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy. And I was so sick and tired of seeing that story being portrayed on, on Instagram and on social media and on every single entrepreneur's page. That's not how like real businesses are made. It takes exactly those things that you talked about. So carry on with these tangents. They're incredible. We'll come back to social media whenever. Okay, cool. So it kind of like dovetails into the advent of social media and where it played into my career. So at the time, I felt like it was very important for me to document the journey, not because I thought it was going to be something, but because I wanted to look back at my life and say, I tried something and it didn't work. So when uh, I went to law school on a full ride scholarship, when I took a medical leave to be with my mom, they said that my scholarship would be still in act for three years. So I just thought I would take a year to try this business endeavor. And if it didn't work, I would go back to law school and I would pick up where I left off. So during that year, I decided to start a blog. And the blog was simply a journal to document everything that I was doing along the way. And I told my husband, oh, ye of little faith, that I was like, I just want something to look back and say, this was the time that you tried. And then you went back to law school. So I started a blog and the blog was truly the journey. And I'm like, I borrowed a lens today. I'm really unsure how to use it. Um, oh, somebody from church hired me to shoot headshots. And then I would post a photo. And they, you know, when I look back at them, I was like, oh, bless your heart. Like, bless your heart. There are people with iPhones who are taking better photos than what I was shooting at the time. But I was just documenting the journey. I was infusing different parts of my life into my business. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we're vying for some sort of connection. Now, blogs, like I always think of how crazy it is during this time around 2008 to be looking back and make this is this predates social media blogs were the first way that humans were able to connect outside of chat rooms outside of chat rooms and outside of websites that blogs was a place that somebody can go to and identify with another person so unbeknownst to me i was creating a journal every single day and i did it every single day for years so that people even if 
they were not understanding the technical aspects of what I was blogging about, what I was learning, the workshop I was going to, the YouTube or like the Google tutorial that I was reading. If they didn't understand that, they were still resonating with the fact that there was another person trying to start something to do something. And I will say that I didn't have a website. I didn't have like a, an email address that belonged to a particular URL. I didn't know what a brand was. I didn't know what marketing was. I simply just documenting the journey. And I booked clients simply because they were going to the blog. And this was the most beguiling thing for other photographers who were properly chained and had successful or like trying to start successful businesses. They're like, wait, how do you with one camera and a litany of rental lenses without a website, without a portfolio, without albums, how are you getting clients? And at the end of the day, I think I inherently on a deep level understood that the vast majority of consumers are uneducated buyers buying something that is highly educated. So the average person looking for a photographer doesn't know about aperture, shutter speed, light source. They're looking and saying, is it pleasant to the eye? And then what they decided and what I understood is that clients were not just buying photographs. They were investing in a photographer the same way that people are investing, not just in a digital course, but in an instructor, not just in a cake, but in a baker. So that I understood that there was a synergy between the person, between the artist and the art. And I think that early on, I was able to harness and see like the connection between one person and another, that it was trust and trust was the conversion on the web. This is like early days. And so what happens is as a, as a result of starting consistently with a blog. What, what year was this? Uh, so I started the blog 2007. Okay. Um, and this I blogged. Was, for, this was the early days. Of oh, blog. these are early days. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally early days of blogging and nobody was reading my blog. I should just yeah. be very clear. Nobody's reading the blog, but at the time Google was really over indexing for SEO. I booked a client, one of my first three clients. I was, I talked about going on a date with my husband and we were living in LA at the time. And we uh, went and got some like Korean food. And I was talking about a Hollywood hairstylist. These are all words that Google was searching and indexing. So when somebody was at work and typed in Korean Hollywood hairstyles, my blog had come up. She wasn't looking for a photographer. Her friend was looking for a wedding photographer and said, hey, I found this girl's blog and she's talking about where she's going out on dates. I think you should check her out. This girl came to my blog, said, hey, I have a wedding in Hollywood. Can you shoot it? Like it was simply by creating content to start conversations. So when Facebook kind of hit the seat, actually Twitter, yo, we're going way back, 2009 Twitter, I started tweeting and I did the thing that I see so many people doing today in social media. And that is either a status update, I'm at lunch, outfit of the day, look what I'm doing. It's completely silent until they go out and they're on their like yearly vacation in Barbados. And then it's like 18 photos in a row. Like, look at how cool my life is. And then it's like a bunch of silence until they do something else cool again. Or it's a sales pitch. Buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. So I, I realize that, that still exists right now. I feel oh, like of course, it, of course, it's still course. social media today. Almost look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Absolutely. Look at who I am. Absolutely. But it took me years. Like I was doing the, I was doing the Jasmine is out at brunch with her friends. Jasmine is enjoying a walk on the beach. I think one of my very first Instagram posts was a photo, God almighty, a photo of my feet at the beach. And the caption was rinse and repeat life in Laguna beach. Like 
Oh God. It's like, I look back at it. I was like, nobody cares, honey. Nobody cares. So the premise of what we talk about the inception of starting off with the blog, starting with social media and doing it wrong for so many years was the minute I took the attention off myself and on to the end user. The minute that I answered her questions, addressed her fears, created easy pathways for communication was when I saw things really take off for me. And that actually didn't really happen until 2016, 2017. So a big, big, big shift in my approach. And then I saw massive changes. I love that. And there's so much truth in that. Um, even in, in when you talk about from just talking to the customer directly and making it about them and answering, sometimes we feel like we have to have so much information. Like I've seen it on the other side where we're trying to so over-educate, have everything just so perfect. And it's like just sharing the thought, helping your customer out, just like literally talking to in the other opposite way and not making it about you. I, and something that we've, we've done at like for my post, for CEO school, you do this, you're so great at this. The usage of even I, like literally turning around every time that you talk about yourself, like even if it's an example or an experience that I'm talking about, just turning that phrase and just replacing that I with the you, it just makes, it, it is about them. And that's what it needs to be about. And that's the content that resonates. And I love that you talked about the power of just showing up, like consistency, like that. I think is where most entrepreneurs actually fall off, right? So I think um, we all do something. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this when I start a workout you know, routine or I'm guilty of it when I start this new program or I'm guilty of it where I'm super excited. I'm so excited about showing up for the first couple bits of it. And then it gets, you have to continue to show up. You're gonna show up for days that you walk away with empty bags. Like there are days that you're not gonna get what you're putting out but it's, you just have to keep going. Like there is no shortcut besides hard work. And I love that that's also part of your story. And that's part of every successful entrepreneur story. So it's, it's consistency. It's showing up every single day. You literally showed up for that blog where there was like 40 visitors a month, right? You were showing up for those 40 people a month. However, that now it's, you know, quarter of a million visitors that are coming to you on a daily basis, right? And I mean, so many people, that was a journey for you to get there. If you didn't show up for those 40 people, you couldn't show up for those 240,000 people that you do today. All the entrepreneurs in the room here live, all the entrepreneurs that are listening on the podcast and even the working professionals listening, right? Consistency is what gets you to that success. And so I absolutely love that you you showed up every day for that blog. Something that I want to kind of just throw a quick nugget out there and not to sidetrack us, but Google continuously re-indexes. And so sometimes we think that, oh, there's so much competition out there. There's already this thing out there. Let's talk a little bit about that because right now, I mean, I just, we're right now going through uh, Google just re-index stuff. Uh, we had, there's another big algorithm change that they just announced and your mobile version of your website needs to mass, match your desktop version. So if you don't know that your Google is literally going to ding points off of you for that currently right now, but they're always coming up with different ways to index, change their algorithms, so that no one's beating the algorithm. Right. And I'm sure you're going to share some of that on social media. I know some questions are going to pop up, but where I'm going with this is that how do you feel about, I mean, I've seen where entrepreneurs are scared to show up because there's competition, right? Because it feels crowded. Did you ever feel, how did you differentiate yourself? I mean, you differentiate yourself as you were talking about customers, but any thoughts there on the competition? Yes. Is that nobody, I mean, I just deal it to you straight. So pardon me if I rub you the wrong way, but 
on that note, as a different tangent, I believe that every entrepreneur is intended and should be intended to do one of two things. You're either going to attract or you're going to repel. So I always speak the truth the clearest way that I know how. Nobody is a special snowflake. You're not entering in a market where you don't have competition. Everybody has competition. I hear it again and again, but my market is so saturated. Guess what, honey? All markets are. We now live in a digital economy where your, your competition isn't the person two doors down on Main Street, nor is it your state or your country. It's worldwide. As long as somebody has access to the internet, they are therefore your competition because they will have pricings and offerings of things that are similar to what it is that you do. So how then do you stick out in a saturated market? You create a brand. And a brand as defined by Seth Godin is a set of experiences or expectations that empower a consumer to make a decision between one service over another. There is a reason why you choose Nordstrom instead of Bloomingdale's. There's a reason why you wear Nikes instead of Reeboks. There's a reason why you pick that coffee shop over another. And there is a reason why somebody would buy something from you. But then oftentimes, especially small business owners get caught in their heads. They're like, wait, 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 but how do I create a brand? And the hood version, like the hood version of what a brand is, is what somebody says about you when you walk out of the room. A brand is not your website. It is not business cards. It's not your font. It's not your logo. You can have a wildly successful brand without having any of those things. I am living proof and testament that I built a six-figure business without having a website simply by making people feel something. So how do you make somebody feel something? You take the attention off selling what your business does and talking about what your business can do for your customers. Every time I put out a piece of content, I ask myself, does this put my dream customer closer to the thing that she wants, whether or not she has given me her credit card or not? So far before a transaction is ever made to invest on behalf of Social Curator, their objective should be, I want to see you, know you, and like you far before I ever whip out a credit card just for like a point of reference. Social Curator is $49 a month. What we have seen is a four month window before somebody actually makes a transaction. So if somebody is watching right now and you are selling something more than $49 and you seem like you're upset because they're not converting in an eight to 10 month window, if you are charging anything more than $4.99, buckle up, honey, that runway is a very long runway. And I have to point tier two is that even though our runway is four months, I am putting out content on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Clubhouse, on Pinterest, on Twitter. I'm doing all of this weekly newsletter. I got text messages and it's taking four months. So whatever story we tell ourselves and whatever invisible timeline we have to measure our barometer of success, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Here's a dose of reality. You've got to show up until you blow up and you cannot stop until you get to that point, understanding that how you get customers is in equal proportion to how much you are serving and creating content that they find helpful. I mean, Mike drop right here. I want to see in the chat bot right now, what are some, how are you guys feeling about this? Cause I am so lit up. Like I am just bursting with energy hearing that because 100% it's all about delivering value after value after value value. I mean, every successful, every single successful company doesn't just show up to say, buy from me. Even I believe uh, the first social media book I actually ever read was Gary Vaynerchuk's and I did, which was jab, 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 right hook. And even in, like, that was like the first thing that he talked about is like, you can't ask for the right, you can't lay out the right hook before delivering three times. And it's so true. And I love that you talked about showing up everywhere, everywhere. You're not just in a single threaded Avenue. Let's talk a little bit more about that. And I'd love to kind of turn this conversation now into there's so many entrepreneurs listening. They're in different stages, right? So we've got women that 
are thinking about starting that business and they just haven't jumped off the ledge yet. We've got women that have gotten started and they're just, they're figuring it out. They're in their early stages. And we've got women that are already in that six figure mark, seven figure mark. So we've got this incredible group of women here. Where should they be showing up, right? There's so many options. How do you start? How do you pick? What are, what are the ways that you would be analyzing in today's world? If you don't have the capacity, right? So if you're that entrepreneur, that's like just getting started, where do you start? Where do you say so this is so every time I sat with a consulting client and still to this day, when I have a, an opportunity to connect with another business owner, foundational, I don't care what it is you sell product service, m- magic beans. You have to know who your dream customer is. There is just no way. And I believe it so ardently. There's no way your business can be successful without knowing clearly who you sell to. Now, the biggest misnomer, which is what I see with early business owners is they like, I sell to anyone who has a credit card. And I get that in theory, but the issue becomes if you're not known for something, you will be known for nothing. And so I do think it's so important that the first thing, we're not even talking about social media, we're not even talking about business principles, we're not talking about strategy, branding, marketing. We're talking about like the grassroots. If you're frustrated with not getting results in your business and or on social media, there is a high likelihood that you don't have a clearly defined dream customer because that then becomes your barometer for all your endeavors. I know everybody's structure time and not everybody can be on every social platform. So what after in light of creating an ideal client profile, you can then ask yourself, where is he hanging out or where is she hanging out? So that you can just release yourself from the shackles of I should be everywhere to first fucking, I always recommend find a platform and then understand how the platform works. It's almost like learning a Latin language. If you know Spanish, there's a higher proclivity for you to understand and speak Italian. You're training your way from origin. So if you say my dream customer is on Instagram, show up on Instagram and don't give a rip about anything else. Put the blinders on build consistency. And once you build consistency, you will notice on a subconscious and or conscious level, you've built out a system that you can then apply to a secondary platform and a tertiary platform. I do not believe that we need to work harder. I believe that we need to work smarter. Now there is a difference between platforms that you like as the business owner versus where you think your dream customer is. I will be honest. My largest social platform is Instagram, but where do I spend most of my time on TikTok? But I don't think that my customer right now is on TikTok. I think that my customer is going to be on TikTok in about one and a half to two years. I'm building out a small little loyal tribe on TikTok, but it's going to be important for me to build where I think my dream customer is going to be, even if she is not there right now. I love that advice. I absolutely love that advice. And it's so true. And starting off and just picking one, right? And I 100% agree with you. It's really about your ideal customer. Um, and really understanding where you can provide that value, even within your ideal customer, there's so many different levels that you can go into. So just even blanket saying my ideal customer is a woman literally going down and truly describing. Yeah. Let's talk truly digging deep of who she is. What does she represent? What are her values? And I love that you talked about polarizing and you're like, I I hope, you know, you be offensive, be, be authentic to who you are. There's definitely, I don't want to show up for everybody. I want to show up for the women that are like, man, she really gets me because we have the same values. That is who I show up for the women that are hardworking, that are ambitious, that hustle, that have that, like that stupid amount of grind. That is the women that I show up for. There's other influencers that you can follow that will tell you that passive income is the way that will tell you that you can sit on the beach and collect income. That is not what I'm about. And there's places that I polarize. I, I've literally gotten told many times, actually recently, even I'm a big wine lover. I love wine. And that is like part of my brand 
that, that is like part of who I am. So it becomes part of my brand. That doesn't define me as a human, but I'm not going to not have a glass of wine or pour a cup of coffee. Like, it's just like me pouring a cup of coffee that you do before an Instagram live for me. It is, it's just fun. It makes things more fun. And that's just who I am. It's like when I turn off at night, that is what you see. What you see is what you get. And so I absolutely love that you talk about just owning you. And when you own you, you will find that also the tribe that, like that you said, that loyal tribe that just, that loves you for you, that wants to buy because they, that resonates with them. Not all of it has to resonate. What are your thoughts there? Well, my thoughts are, it's all smoke. I mean, it's all like personal opinion. There's going to be about half the group. Statistically, I've been in the game a minute who say, yeah, yeah, I'm so ready to be myself and be authentic. And then there's other people who are just like, that must be nice to be sitting in your perch and in your castle talking about all the things you would have, could have, should have done. But right now I'm down here on the ground. So let me lay out a case as a loving law school dropout to talk about the why behind this. Let's not just talk about esoteric ideas or philosophies on approaches of marketing and branding. Let's actually have a real conversation where it's walk you through an example. Let's say that you uh, say, my dream customer is a woman. Great. And then you say, I am a financial planner. So women need to know their financial planning. Great. Cool. Go ahead. Who are you marketing to? How do you speak? How do you show up? If you are creating content and your dream client is a CEO of 47 years old, and now she's entering an empty nest stage in her life, the things that she's thinking and being concerned of are college education, her retirement, how much time she can take on vacation. So when you create content that are speaking to her pressure points and desires, she feels that you are going to be tailor-made to speak her language and get the things that she wants. If you are a financial consultant for the millennial mom, she's thinking about different things. She's thinking about setting up the college fund. She's thinking about how can I start my MLM business on the side? How can I retire my husband? You're thinking about different conversations for your different customers. If you say, I do financial planning for women. Great. Perfect. That is like you saying, I am vanilla in the land of 31 flavors. How many people walk into 31? Now here's the thing. Vanilla is great. Who doesn't love a little cream and sugar, but very few people are walking in and saying, you know what? It's vanilla for me today. No, people want something that's tailor-made for their aesthetics, their sensibilities, and their pressure points. Oftentimes good marketing comes from service and solving a problem. If you don't know what problem you're solving, you're going to have a very hard time being in business. And this is where all the haters in the room will be like, I sell t-shirts. What problem am I solving? Okay. If you can't think about the problem you're solving, you're going to have a very hard time marketing your business. Now, I know that the idea of putting on a graphic tee doesn't feel like it's a problem that they're solving, but there's something below the surface that every consumer is battling or fearing with. Perhaps your graphic tee is empowering a person to broadcast who they are and a particular inspirational message. Perhaps your t-shirts are part of an organization that uh, funds children and uh, anti-human trafficking organizations. Maybe your t-shirts are to empower people who are once over weight to have a t-shirt that empowers them to get to the gym. You must find an angle to speak to somebody's pressure point to solve their problem by way of what? Yes, a t-shirt. When we reframe us serving a customer, when we reframe answering their pressure points, when we reframe that we can tailor-made our message to somebody who truly needs us, it does not mean that the person you're going after, that you would deflect other people of being interested. 
So I have to tell you, I know who my dream customer is. And 98% of the people in my business look nothing like my dream customer. But the minute I put a stake in the ground to speak to one person, it attracts many because people know that's exactly who it's for. I follow a lot of educators who are speaking to men in their 30s. I know they're speaking to men in their 30s. I am not a man. And let's just leave it out in the open of where I, I could be 29, you know, a couple years over. Either way, I know that that person's not talking to me. And yet I'm still attracted to the content, the delivery, and the value. Just because you pick a dream customer does not mean you're pushing anybody away, but you let people know exactly who you're standing for. Oh, I absolutely love it. And it's so true. I mean, there's so much gold here. And I would say like, if we were going to just boil it down um, to a few key points, it's really about it's knowing it's that customer. I mean, you went back to it from your blog, right? Like that is something that I would say Jasmine does extremely well is she talks to her customer. She serves that customer first, whether they pull out the wallet or not, whether they are part of her, her ideal tribe or not, whether they're on whatever channel they're on, you show up every single day for your customer. And you know your customer inside and out and you know what she wants, how she's thinking, what her true problems are, not just the problems that she thinks she actually has. There's like also a difference there of you really speak to that customer deep down inside and you're part of that journey. It's not a speedy transaction. It's not a buy, buy, buy. It's a, let me provide that value. And that is why, that's why you're winning. And that is why most, what you talked about brands win is because it is, um, that's the way consumers don't buy products from product. We buy from people. Like at the end of the day, every single purchasing decision, exactly what you talked about. Why are you wearing the things that you're wearing? Why are you driving the things that you're driving? Why are you following the people that you're following? It's because it's not the, it's not the cake, it's the baker. And that is what you do so well. So I think that this is such a perfect segue into transitioning to the audience here. Yay! I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's do this. Okay. So I would love to, you guys that are listening on the podcast right now, we are live on zoom and it's Q and a time. So we're going to be bringing up audience members to come onto the stage. And so let's do our first audience member who wants to go first. This is our first time doing this. So bear with me here. The Q and a box while we're waiting for that, Natalia had asked, I love to hear that you're Latinx. There's a gap of resources for Spanish speaking women, people on how to become your own boss. Have you considered running events like this in Spanish? What suggestions do you have to women that want to help close the information resource gap for other Latinx people? When you see a gap in the market run, Natalia, you should create the content. And before you ever put up boundaries of you're not enough, you don't know enough, you don't have enough, there's somebody who knows more than you, that all might be well and true. But anytime there's a gap, you will grow faster and scale quicker when you're filling the gap. There are other people who are more qualified, more educated, richer, better looking, have a daddy who's part of like some well-connected group of people. That should not stop you from filling the gap. I don't feel like that's my gap to fill yet. And so for now, I'm going to hone in and I'm going to build the foundation of my company and then offer iterations. My dream, my dream would be able to do that for my family members who came to this country with nothing. I stand on stages and I look at people who are cleaning the auditorium and I look at them. I'm like, your children will stand on stages based on the brooms that you sweep because that was my family. I don't think that's my gap to fill quite yet. 
but you, darling, have been called to this moment. So there you go. Uh, Jessica asked tips for how to get crystal clear on your ideal client. This is a long conversation. I'm sure Sunira has beautiful resources. I also have jasminestar.com forward slash ideal client. It's a free resource. It has a list of questions and additives that you should ask yourself and then empowers you to write a story about who that person is. Very simple, free. And Sunira, I'm sure you probably have something too. I just want to add here for that. How to find your ideal client is write it down, like literally sit down and write down who your ideal client is and dig deep in like the psyche of what she's reading, what she's doing or how, how he's showing up, whatever that go into as many details as possible. And if she doesn't exist in your friend network, like go find her. And so I will hundred percent say that she's out there, go find your ideal client in person. And don't, you don't just be like, Hey, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. If it's a friend, that's awesome. And just talk to the ideal customer to see if you're, if it's actually resonating because half the time we may write it down on paper and it doesn't actually translate in real life. So in tech, we call it, it's, it's beta, go find your, go find your beta customers and give everything away for free. Go coach them, go do the thing, go give them that t-shirt, go bake them that cake and see what that person actually thinks about it. And more points if they're not in your friend network, because friends won't tell you if it's, your friends will never tell you if your baby's ugly. You've heard me say that before. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I mean, it's, it's savage and so true. Um, so if you guys would like to ask questions, like please, please, please feel free to use the question box because the questions are going really fast. But uh, Heba asked Jasmine, how did you build the confidence to show up on social media on video, especially the way that you do today? I have to tell you, I know that many people don't believe it. I am, you know, on a scale of one to 10, I'm a level 13 introvert. I do not do extraordinarily well in front of a lot of people. I have to say that my actions must map my ambitions. I have big dreams and I can choose to dwell in the land of safety so that I'm not uncomfortable or I can choose to dwell in uncomfortability to get me the results that I want. I refuse to have my life dictated by my comfort level. If that was the case, I would be sitting in sweatpants in bed, a bag of Cheetos and a stack of books. I have been called to do something more. And at this point in human history, has there never been an overall democratization of voice? Never before has there been a forum for a woman from a father and mother, not of this country, to build a multiple seven and eight figure business. Do you think that I would squander the opportunity to stand on a wooden soapbox and tell people that they could change their life for free? That if your content is good enough, it will get seen. I have chosen to over-index on being uncomfortable and me get out of my own way because I believe that what I have to say is intended to help another person. You, if you are selling hair care, essential oils, brownies, running shoes, makeup, you have something to say. So open your mouth and say it and be less concerned with somebody else's opinion of you because their opinion doesn't pay your bills. You do. When you serve, people convert. And when you convert, you build a legacy. Far be it from me that my great-grandchildren will look back at me and said she was the person who didn't use her voice at a time in human history wasn't possible. I am standing on the shoulders of giants. I would be a disservice if I didn't take every opportunity my way for every person who crawled, jumped, and swam into this country. So I will get uncomfortable to do them right and to do future generations right and get out of my own dang way. Jasmine for president. That is <laughs> 
that is all I have to say about that. And that is what all the women here right now are shouting in the chat box. Jasmine for president. I'm so inspired, Jasmine. Honestly, this is a gift. I'm I, besides, obviously, you're an incredible entrepreneur. We can sit here and learn everything else from you. You are so inspiring, truly, in the way that you are. I have never been so mesmerized by a guest. I will say, like, I I am out of words. Um, that was beautiful, Jasmine, and that that makes me feel. I feel so inspired. I feel so inspired, and you're so right. I mean, that is 100. We owe it to those giants. We owe it. Um, to our future generations to show up today. We're, we are in such an incredible world right now where absolutely anything is possible. Like there is nothing out of reach. There is absolutely, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter what education, like it does not matter. Nothing matters besides you can go accomplish anything you really set your mind to. And God, I just feel so inspired. And I know Everyone listening here feels super, super inspired. I'm going to give it back to the audience. I just wanted to chime in and say, Jasmine for president. Oh my, well you, okay. I actually, I have to say, um, for those of you who don't know, 2020 was this crazy year for so many different things, but the, the best thing to ever happen was my husband and I adopted a baby girl. And I have to tell you, it is a very long Do we story. love her anymore? We I just- mean, no, I mean, you guys, this girl is just like radically changed my life. And I always thought that I was doing it for something. I realized that I was doing it for someone. And I think that for everything I didn't give myself the permission to do or be, is that she reminds me that every ceiling I am able to break, she will be able to do that and more. So when people say, oh, Jasmine for president, I think it's kind of a little bit funny because when we adopted our daughter, um, we had to stay, we adopted her from Las Vegas and our lawyer had asked us to, to please stay in the place without gambling and smoke. And so we decided to get a room at the Four Seasons, which not what we were expecting whatsoever. We get there and we're like, we had 24 hours notice. We're like, okay, just tell us where to go. And when the amazing team at the Four Seasons heard the story, they put us in the presidential suite. And I told my husband when the baby walked in, I was just like, I'm gonna call her Madam President because this little girl is gonna do something great. And if she becomes president, I'm gonna be, I told my husband already, I'm gonna be her campaign manager. Watch me get out of that trail and stump for this baby girl. So when y'all say, oh, Jasmine for president, I think it's kind of funny. It makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't know how to receive compliments, but I was like, I'm gonna receive them on behalf of my daughter. So y'all vote for Luna Star, <laughs> Luna Sol Delatore. Vote for her in like 2032. We, we're gonna be out here killing the game. Um, okay, anyway, let's get back into the, the, the questions. That was beautiful. Um, Thank you for sharing that. I love you. Okay. So Katie asked, what are some daily habits that you have that were a game changer for you as a business owner? And, um, it sounds very, very, very basic, but the truth of the matter is I spend five minutes every day just writing. Some days I'm writing my fears and worries. And then when I look at what the fears and worries are, I find cases for the opposite. So if a fear and worry is, I don't think that I can make this happen. I look for cases of the opposite, which would be, do I think I could figure out how? And so some days are the fears and worries and then a case for the opposite. Some days are simply a list of the things that I'm grateful for. Some days are intentions of things that will come. Now, when people talk about manifestation, I know people feel like it's very woo. I heard Dr. Tara Swart say manifestation is simply having a plan. That's it. 
Manifestation is having a plan and mapping your actions to the plan. There are some days when I say, this is what we're going to do. I don't know how, but this is what we're going to do. So five minutes every day became a massive game changer for me as a business owner because it became cathartic on the world's hardest days. It became hopeful when I was in gratitude and it became powerful in a form of manifestation. Do I have rules? Do I have anything? No. It is in a tiny little 365 journal. And I have kept this journal now for four years. I can go back four years and see exactly where I was and what I was feeling in that moment. Powerful, powerful thing to do on behalf of any business owner. I love it. It's definitely a habit that has been super powerful for myself. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we created our, our journal as well. I couldn't find anything that just made it simple for me. And that five minutes, I just need five minutes to just clear my mind. For me, I just have, I have a lot of big visions that come. And it's not about writing those down. I'm always able to write those somewhere. It's removing the blockers. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's that for me, it was really about, I had a lot of fears that I didn't realize were coming up for me and just having a simple system to say, I need to get my mindset right for the day. Um, And it's so stressful, like just, it's stressful on every single level being an entrepreneur, starting out, it's stressful growing it. It's stressful when it's grown. It's stressful. People always ask me like, what is the one thing you wish like you could tell yourself back? And I want to ask you that. Like, I want to ask that next question. So I'm going to come in and ask that question. I would have told myself that it doesn't get easier. Like truly, no matter what level of success that you're going to have, it doesn't get easier. It's 100% worth it, but it does not get easier easier. And that journal exercise, I agree with you 100%. just gets me ready for that day. Whatever blockers are coming, all the crazy that's coming just to tell myself I'm worthy. I'm deserving. I'm capable. I've got this. And that is definitely a habit that we share here at CEO school. So proud. Um, And so I love that you said that today. All right, Jasmine, I'm going to ask you that question next is what one piece of advice would you, what would you have told yourself when you first started out? I get asked this question often, and I'm actually happy that I do because it serves as a reminder for me to repeat the same thing to myself every single day now. And I would go back to the Jasmine of 2007, and I would tell her that it's going to be okay, and it's going to be better than you think. At every iteration at my time in my life where I thought truly, because there were some like really, really, really uh, hurtful, like business partners that totally did you dirty. There were opportunities that you thought were in the bag. There were editorials, there were features, there were dream opportunities. And whenever you lost something, whenever something was you, I felt was like taken, even though what truly ownership do we have over anything? But at the moment, it felt like something was taken. When I felt like that inevitable feeling of envy and jealousy that I could not move the needle in my business and other people looked like they were in a state of flow, that all of those times, if I can go back to myself and even still to this day, I tell myself it's going to be okay and it's going to be better than you think. Because I have to tell you that there is never in a million years that I could ever dream that I would be in this chair, in this place, in my life. I couldn't, I didn't have the capacity to dream in such a way. And so instead of me limiting my thoughts and visions to what is finite or what I comprehend and know, is I believe that if I continue to tell myself, it's going to be okay and it's going to be better than you think, it will be. 
And oftentimes the brain, when it sees something, it understands that it opens up pathways to make it possible for yourself. And when I was growing up, I never saw a brown woman running a business. I never saw a brown woman on a stage. And so I do this for other women who didn't have people in their lives running a business. I do this for other brown women who don't see themselves on a stage, but I also do this to put myself in different stratospheres to see what the next level people are doing. And Samira, I'll be real with you. I look at your stories when you're in a private jet. I never thought it was possible for somebody like me. And I have to tell you, thank you for opening my eyes. Do I need a private jet to be successful? No. Do I need it to be happy? Hell no. Is it something that I'm going to be like, oh, before I hit a certain age, I'm going to be like, hey, maybe. Do I need it as a point of definition or belonging? Hell no. But if that opportunity comes, it's because I saw somebody else do it before me. So it will be okay. And it'll be better than I think. My God, Jasmine, this is just, I don't even know what to say to you. Thank you so much for that. And I resonate with this. I know many of the women here, everyone's resonating with this, but I feel like you're telling my story. Like I literally feel so connected in this way of why I show up. I get so much scrutiny so much scrutiny for showing up on Instagram as an executive. Like people don't understand why I'm dancing for social media. Like I have gotten the, it's the stuff to my face, but it's also the behind the closed door comments that come back to, and it's hurtful. And I am building an incredible business that is super successful. That is going to be a unicorn. I am going to be a brown woman unicorn. That is non-existent. I will be that. And I will be that very shortly. And the eye on the prize is not the money, right? It is because it's never been done. I want to break that ceiling and I want to show my little girls. Like when you talk about your little girl and how it does change you when it's not about you and it's for something so much bigger. And even when I've posted it, even when I post like literally that moment of we actually just celebrated. So that last, like the private jet thing, every time that I, it, that's taken place, it's not often, um, but it has been, um, and it's not about the jet. It's actually, it's just an experience. It's just a way to get there, but it meant so much more than it's not just the way of travel. And it's not about showing it off and showing it and showing up online. It takes a lot of guts to do sometimes because you do get, I'm, I'm sure you get this all the time as well. People are going to throw stones at you no matter what. That is also part of this journey. And showing up and showing that is exactly for that reason. It is possible. The 2% club, less than 2% of female founders ever break a million in revenue. That is 100% of the reason why this podcast exists today. More stories need to be shared. More women need to get to that statistic. And the only way we're going to get there is if we do it together, if we do it for each other, if we do it while raising each other up on each other's shoulders versus tearing it down. And this is why the power of community is so, so important. And I love it. I love your mission, Jasmine. So much power to you. Literally all of the world's energy, your way today for getting you to every dream that you have possible because we are here and we're gonna support and get you there. Jasmine, how do we support you? What is, what's happening? Tell us a little bit about Social Curator. How can we support that? Obviously everyone here is gonna be listening to your podcast. You can follow Jasmine um, on Instagram, on Clubhouse, on TikTok, on LinkedIn, on Facebook and all the other social channels. But how can we support you so that you can get your dream sooner? 
Thank you so much, Nira. I appreciate you. So I create content on all social platforms. You can find me at Jasmine Star, and I do that only so that you are getting content in your preferred platform. You can also find out more information for Social Curator at socialcurator.com. Basically, what we want to do is provide resources for business owners to show up. We're talking about caption templates, marketing plans, photos. This is how we get you to get you to where you wanna go. No more excuses, it's time to take action. That's amazing. Well, all of us are gonna be joining Social Curator here to support that. We want to be mindful of your time. So I don't know if you could hear her in the background, but Luna is in oh. the background. So I have a hard stop at 4.30. But if yeah. I can have, if I could just say one thing is that we all have the opportunity to listen to one of two voices. And you will always hear the dichotomy of the voices ring ever loud and true, not on a daily basis or an hourly basis, but probably every minute. And you could choose. It takes just as much energy for you to think that you have the capacity for success or you have the capacity for it to be doomed. It takes just as much energy for you to believe as it does for you to doubt. So the only thing I'm asking for you today is not to tell yourself false lies. I'm going to be a billionaire next year. I'm also, all I'm asking you is to take the energy and choose to believe that what you want is possible. The minute you choose to believe that what you want is possible, your actions will map your aspirations. This is not woo woo. The brain is a muscle that can be reorganized in programs to build up pathways to get you what you want. What is it that you want? How will you define success when you get there? And then you choose to believe that it is possible. And then you work as if it is already done. So Nira, thank you. I appreciate you a thousand times over. Jasmine, we choose to believe. We choose to believe in ourselves. We choose to believe in you. Cheers to you. Cheers to your success. Cheers to all the members here today on this live. Cheers to every single one of you listening listening in. It takes time to put in the work and you're putting in the work. Thank you, Jasmine, for your time today. Get back to your precious, beautiful family. We'll see you guys next week at CEO School. Thank you, guys. Bye, Jasmine. Bye, love. Thank you, Sarah. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Much love. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us at CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes that you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building million dollar businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love the show, screenshot the review, and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way.